Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. And I've discovered a few things about watering plants that uh, if you're going to transport or you're going to put in new plants, you need to make sure that the ground is sodden. You need to make sure that the ground is sodden with moisture. And if you want to help the plant, you need to put a little fertilizer in that gaping hole and water that plant at least twice a day in the morning and in the evening. Uh, if you're going to put little pods of grass in uh, areas where you need the grass to grow, you need to be able to put some topsoil down, keep it sodden with water, lay some fertilizer on it, and keep it moist twice a day. And you'll be surprised how the grass takes off when it's in the right environment. Scripture talks about that. Uh, it says, I will pour water, Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3b, I will pour water pour my spirit on all your offspring and my blessing on your descendants I will sp and they will spring up like grass in a meadow they will spring up like grass every morning I can see the grass coming out of the topsoil standing erect but the key is is to make sure in the night season and in the morning that as a gardener uh, as a person who cares about the growth of the grass, they cannot water themselves. They need someone of intelligence to water them adequately. If I rain it hard, if I turn up the, the intensity, the water will wash, wash off. I have to make sure it's a slow drizzle, almost like a mist. As the ground has timing, it, time, it you can't drench it, you gotta soak it gently and then the water goes into the topsoil goes into the ground and eventually gets to the roots and when the roots are able to taste uh just a little water i promise you i can hear them saying thank you thank you thank you so much because they respond by praising the next morning and i was just thinking uh, as i was watering and the lord began to speak to me about even when we move people in ministry if we move you from one level to the next because uh we took one plant and just moved it over that means we had to dig it out and we had to then put it over but it was shocked the plant was shocked so what we did is made sure it had a lot of moisture made sure some fertilizer was in the gaping hole and we took that muddy you can't be a gardener without getting muddy you can't be a gardener without getting your hands dirty. And when we put that grass, that, that plant, just a few inches over, it shocked the plant. And it needed a little bit more care than the rest of them. But guess what? Just a little bit more care, it began to bounce back again. For some of us who are moved, if your purpose is tied to what you do and not to something greater, as soon as you move from it, you will lose your thrust. There are people who are not tied to the word and they wonder why they get dry and stuck. If you're not tied to the word, you're not open to the water of the word, eventually you're going to draw the way out at the root. This message is designed to get you what God has purposed for you. First of all, he wants to know why you're here and then he wants you to be watered by that word. 
by the whys of your life so you can begin to produce what he's called you to produce. Again, the series is called What Am I Here For? Tonight's message, You Matter to God. You matter to God. You can say that, I matter to God. And it's good for you to confess that even if you're at a computer screen or you're riding along the car and you have me sitting in some little hole, uh, uh, cup holder or whatever, and I'm looking up at you preaching to you right now. I'm looking at you preaching. I'm looking at you preaching. You can say something like, yes, I matter to God. Because a silent believer is a defeated believer, and if you want to raise your shields, you must raise your confession level. So confess with me this. I am your creator. That's what God is saying. I am your creator. You were in my care before you were born. Those of you in the sanctuary, I don't know what happened to us because of COVID-19. I heard someone say COVID-19 is one of the greatest evangelists ever because it does not discriminate. It has no racist attitude. It doesn't say because you're black, I won't get you or because you're white, I'll never go to your church. And what we have to do is learn how, even while here, don't let COVID stop you from confessing. If you're in the sanctuary, say it with me. This is God saying, I am your creator. Say it. I am your creator. You were in my care before you were born. You need to understand that's what God is saying about you. I am your creator. You were in my care before you were born. You were in my care before you were born. You'll find that in verse 2. This is what the Lord says. This is Isaiah 42 and 2. He who made you, who formed you in the womb. Who formed you in the womb. In other words, I was caring for you before you came from your mother's womb. Which simply means, that I don't want to get ahead of myself. You're not an accident by no sense of the word. You are not an accident. I'm often asked uh, in counseling, why am I here? This is what people ask me while sitting before me. Why am I here? Why did I get married to her? Why did I get married to him? Why am I here? Why am I even in this city? Why am I in this state? I don't know what's going on. So people ask me that question as if I can have an answer. And I, I don't have an answer for those kinds of questions. I have to dig deep in the mind of God. And I have to dig deep in the word to find out an answer that I can give you that's biblical. Because people, if they don't have answers, they'll start seeking mediums. They'll seek uh, horoscopes. They'll seek, uh, uh, they'll seek Harry Potter. They'll seek movies. Uh, they'll read uh, books that give them some type of a, 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 a pacifier uh, to this need to want to feel significant. I have people asking me, why am I still alive? I got in an accident and everyone was killed but me. Why is, what is my purpose? Uh, well, I have that a whole lot. What is my purpose on the earth? I don't know my purpose. And I'm like, how long have you been at Truth Reveal? Well, I've been here for about 10 years and you don't have a clue about that? <laughs> I've been preaching my guts out. Maybe you don't come to Bible study or tune in. You need to know, you need to get connected. What is my purpose? Another question has asked me. The bottom line to all of these questions is that number one, we exist. Please write that down. I exist. If I'm alive, I'm, I exist. I've laid several people 
to rest this year, and it's very grievous. I just uh, was at a funeral a few uh, days ago, this week actually. Uh, Cindy, Strom, Cindy Strom laid to rest her father. Good man, wonderful guy. But he's gone on to be with the Lord. God gave him 80 years on the earth. You need to be able to say, bottom line is, I exist. I'm alive. That's what it means. I exist. We are alive. Now, in the, in the, in the church, we just give God praise for that. Because if you're alive, you can praise him. The dead cannot praise. And so if you want to find purpose, first of all, you were created to give God glory. And you got to learn how to just fulfill that. If you don't know anything else, you were created to lift up hands. Wave your hands in the air. You did it in the club. And wave them like you just don't care. But right now you're dancing to a different partner or with a different partner. So you wave your hands in the church and wave them like you just don't care in praise. Don't come to church and look around who's looking at you and feel embarrassed. You know you were the one spreading your legs, stretching it out, getting to it, working it out, working it out, working it out, doing it, whipping it, whipping it, oh, whip it. Now they got a new word. It's not whip it, it's twerk it, twerk it, twerk it, twerk it, twerk it, twerk it. I see little kids twerking it, twerking it, right? You did that. All you got to do is change partners and twerk it for Jesus. Nobody here is going to mess with you. Don't throw hips too much now. You got to watch that. But you got to lift up hands. You don't ever see nobody praising God with throwing hips. You won't see that in the Bible. Just praise him. Praise him with dignity. Praise him with skill. Praise him with complete abandonment. Lift up holy hands unto the Lord. The challenge of our lives is how do we choose how do we choose to live our existence and how do we make meaning of our unique, individual, fantastic voyage? Here's again, the challenge of our lives is how do we choose, how do we choose to live our, our, our existence? How do you choose to live out your life? And number two, how do you make meaning of our unique individual fantastic voyage so we need to find out how the challenge of our lives how do we choose to live out our lives you make the decision let me give you a hint as for me and my house we will serve the lord choose to live out your existence how do you make meaning of this fantastic unique individual fantastic voyage how do you work with that? How do, you, how do you make meaning of this voyage that you're on? Because if there's no meaning in the work, you'll give up your hope and you'll give up your torque. You'll give up your effort if you have no meaning in the work. So we need to find meaning in living out our lives. This is, a, this is a, a, an essential point that I'm making to you. Once you find that you have meaning, then you can endure the hardness. People give up because they don't have a sense of meaning. How do you add meaning to your life, to this unique, individual, fantastic voyage? Here's some essential concepts. Number one, we stay open to the flow. This is what you need to say within yourself. I'm going to stay open to the flow of life. What do you mean by that, Bishop? I'm going to stay open to the flow of life 
its process and its content. So I'm going to stay open to the flow of life, the process that God puts me in, whatever process that is. And I'm also going to make sure that I stay open to the content that he puts in that process. Now, first of all, a lot of people like to look over the fence and say it's greener on the other side, grass is greener. No, it's not. As soon as you get over there, the grass turns brown because your grass needs to be watered too. And wherever you go, you take the soil of your heart with you. So just by changing partners or changing cities won't make the grass greener. Because the soil to meaning or meaningful harvest in your life is tied to your heart soil. When your heart soil is enriched, when your heart soil has fertilizer in it, when your heart soil has been plowed, when you've tilled the ground, when your heart soil, glory to God, has been broken up. God likes to deal with broken pieces and broken hearts. No, don't run away from that. I'm not talking about hearts that are sorrowful. But there is a, a, a pull to God or from God when you are experiencing some type of brokenness. God don't like hard people. God like people that are broken. Nothing like good water. God likes broken people. God likes the flowing. You must stay open to the flow of life. Stay open to the process. Stay open to its content. And so, I've never been picked for basketball teams. If I went to the gym at, uh, as a teenager, I would be the last one picked to play, you know, to play uh, three on three. I would be standing there waving, but nobody wanted to pick me. Uh, I was never picked for that. But if you wanted somebody to talk to, I was always first in line. That's my process and my content. Now, if I looked at the person who was always picked for the basketball team and I wanted that process, I may have missed my purpose. Because God was taking that to form me into who he wanted me to be starting way back then. I had to accept that I'm not going to be no professional basketball player, though I wanted to be. I had to learn that I'm going to be somebody with my feet on the ground, not jumping up and slamming and making the crowd go crazy. So we need to stay open to the flow of life, which God creates to life, its process and its content. Write it down. You need to stay open. And within the openness, you need to take stands. So I need to balance it out. If I ask you to stay open to the flow, I need to also tell you to take a stand. Because people who are open with the flow like to get in the flow and just go with it. And they have no concrete, no character, no integrity to take a stand. And if you don't have character and you get in the flow, you may wind up in the ditch. The word of God is the framework and it is the foundation the foundational, the, 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 it, and its foundational uh, position in your life is for the stance that you're going to take. And so you need to make sure if you're going to take a stand, the word of God is foundational for a strong stand in life. 
I want to make sure you get this clear. I ask you to stay in the flow of life. You need to also stay in the flow of its process and its content. But I'm also balancing that out, that within the openness to stay in the flow, we need to also understand that the word of God is the framework and it's foundational and it is foundational for a strong stand in life. Finding your purpose starts with word. Not with education, not with EDU, not with universities, not with groups and cliques, not with associations, but with the word of God. Write it down. I charge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to be engaged. To be engaged, active participant in your life and your life's events. Some people are in the vehicle of life on their way north and they're asleep all along the way. But you need to stay awake, engaged, and active as a participant, watching everything, looking at the signs, taking notes, synchronizing your calendar with God's. God may be speaking to you, and you're just not on the right frequency. We live in a paradox. We live in the paradox that nothing is for certain. In life, nothing is for certain. No matter where you go or what you do, here's the paradox. Nothing is for certain. Consequently, we don't allow that to detour or to detour, deter us from consciously moving toward the purpose, constantly making informed decisions daily. So even though nothing is certain in life, we don't know when the, the death uh, angel is coming. We don't know if there's going to be an accident tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen with our kids, but consequently, we need to make informed decisions on a daily basis. So, though there's uncertainty, make informed decisions. I shared it with you last week that need always shapes behavior. So, inform yourself, inform your decisions with information with information that's going to help you to make the right decision. I want to inspire you also to live a life of integrity and wholeness. Develop a lifestyle of integrity. It's important. People who don't have integrity will never truly discover their real purpose. We're inspired to live a life of integrity and wholeness. And if we feel split and fragmented, we listen and stay open. We listen and stay open to all of what's going on. If you don't pay attention, you're going to start shifting. And, uh, uh, and then we will then, we will then start shifting and into clarity and uh, more unified understanding. When you know life's purpose, when you start synchronizing yourself, you start shifting into a unified understanding of your purpose. Write it down. We're both being and we're becoming. We're both being and we're becoming. What do you mean by that? Number one, we're being because we're alive. We're also being because we're vibrant. We're being because... We have promise. I have a promise over my life. We're being because we have potential. 
You need to say that I got great potential. And we, we're being because we have a destiny. But we're not just being, we're also becoming. I'm becoming because I'm looking beyond the fact that I'm here and I'm alive. I'm looking beyond the fact that I'm here and alive. I'm looking beyond the fact that I breathe every minute. Now I want to seek to do something with this gift called life. So becoming is tied to doing something and not just being. We're alive so we do something with that life to make it better. Yes, I'm being, I'm alive. Yes, I'm alive, but I'm doing something with my life to make it better. Number two, I'm becoming. Yes, I'm alive. We're vibrant. So we use it to fuel. We use it as fuel to achieve. I'm full. I'm vivacious. I'm full of life. But I use that, that vibrant life to do something. It fuels achievements. Yes, I have potential. But I'm using my potential. I'm pursuing to discover something else. What good is potential? That's being. Becoming, I'm using my potential to discover. To broaden it. To grow my potential. To develop it. Because potential alone is like raw material. It can't get you anywhere. You got to work it. You can have sugar and flour and butter and a pan and a stove. But unless you mix it together, that's all being. But to become, there has to be an engagement and bringing it all together to bake that sweetie that you want. We have a destiny and we must purify ourselves on a daily basis if we want to step into the purity of your destiny. I love John chapter 3 verse 1. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. I'm being. I'm a child of God. But it does not yet appear what we shall be. We know when he shall appear. We will be like him for we will see him as he is. Everyone that has this hope now on becoming purifies himself. If you have the hope, you got to do something with it. And this is the hard part about it. People want to wind up at the finish line, but they don't want to exercise. Or they look at my exercise and my consistency and think, okay, get mad when God starts prospering me. But don't get mad. Get glad. If you do what I do, you may get what I have as well. Write it down. We're getting deeper now. Purpose. The question of existence. Why am I here? The question of existence. Why am I alive? You should say that to yourself. Why are you still on the earth? COVID-19 has taken out 140,000 people. I guarantee you've been in the room with somebody with this virus. Why are you still here? And many of them are being lowered in the ground in the morning. And we uh, grieve over these souls. But this is a good time to find out your purpose. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 18. Write it down. It's going to be on the screen in a moment. 
Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 18. Now here's a question of a person, a man that's in turmoil who's searching for his destiny. Why did I ever come out, scripture says, of the womb? Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? Now, this person is asking, why was I born? Why was I born? Why did I come out of my mother's womb just to see trouble? And to end up in my days in shame? Glory to God. You were made by God. You need to say that. You were made by God. We found that out. That while in the mother's womb, he cared for you. You were made by God for God's purpose. I was made by God and for God's purpose. Until you understand that, that you were made by God and for God's purpose, until you understand that you were made by God and for God's purpose, until you understand that you were made by God and for somebody to tell me to stop rewinding. Well, I need you to get that because if you don't get that you were made by God and for God's purpose, we stuck. And you'll be scared to death, scared to look, you're shook. Because ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. You shook. The shook up ones. Got so scared of what's happening in the future, you got shook. We were made by God for God's purpose. You were made by God for God's purpose. Until you understand that, you'll never ever, life will never ever make sense to you. And the reason I keep rewinding is because people just don't get it. You were made by God. You didn't make yourself. He was in the mother's womb shaping you. That means he had a purpose for the shape. He was right there right before you knew yourself. He was shaping you, making you, putting a DNA strand in you because he has a specific thing that he wants you to do for his glory. You were made by God for God's purpose. You were made by God for God's purpose. You were made by God for God's purpose. Until you get that, life will never make sense to you. That before you, they gave me a name, before I came out of my mother's womb, before anybody knew what color I was going to be or the color of my eyes, God had a purpose for my life. For his purpose. Here's another one. Proverbs 16 and 4a. The Lord has made everything. For his own. Purposes. Now this is Bible now. I know everybody's trying to teach. You got to discover your purpose. But you got to understand. God has a purpose for your life. And you were made by God. For God's purpose. Mercedes Benz were made. Uh, by Mercedes-Benz for Mercedes-Benz purpose. iPhones were made by Apple for Apple's purpose. Right? You may be using it, but you had to pay them for it. And they, you paid them big for it. You paid a thousand now for the X. A thousand for a phone. 10, 15 years ago, nobody would have told you you would be spending $1,000 for a phone. 
Nobody, nobody could have predicted that. That we would be buying bottled water or a $4 cup of coffee. Man, people were doing Maxwell House. They take a coffee cup at home, get it, brew it on the stove, and put it in some type of jar, and you're off to the races. Duncan? Duncan what? I'm not spending that for a cup of coffee. Well, things change. And Duncan made the cup of coffee for Duncan, Duncan Donuts, Duncan Coffee's purpose. And God made us. I didn't make myself. I may be able to work on myself, but I didn't make, on my, make myself nor give myself all of the attributes that I have for my own purpose. And many people spend their whole life, well, I, I'm able to sing for my purpose. No, he gave you that voice for a reason. He gave you the ability to play. Yeah, you know what? They pimped me, Bishop. They pimped. How did they pimp you? Whose purpose are you made for? You can't pimp me. Not if I know my purpose. You can't pimp me. Even if you think you're getting over on me, as long as I know I'm in his hands, as long as I know he's working it out in my life, you can't use me. Even if you think you're using me, you can't use me. He gave me this gift of compassion for his purpose. Good God from Zion. How you going to use me? They got over, how they got over on me? I saw you a mile away. Take it off. You want it? Take it all. That's why he put the gift in me. You may think you're getting over. You may be that eagle that don't want to hunt. You see me barbecuing. You're going to swoop down on my barbecue and pick up my ribs. And fly off. Because you won't hunt. You think you got over on me? Maybe you did. Maybe you thought you did. And you eating the top of those ribs up, right? You love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you didn't see is the hot coals that's underneath it. When you lifted it off of my, my grill, you took the coals with you. When you landed in your little nest, you didn't see it's burning your chicks. You can't get over on God. You're going to reap whatever you sow. You're going to take it back to your nest. Ah, God, help me, Lord. Follow God's plan. Stop trying to get over on people and want people to give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down. You were created for God's purpose. And when you fulfill that, nobody can pimp you. Nobody can get over on you. Nobody can use you. God will work it all out. Thank you, Jesus. Even Jesus, when he's dying, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't even have a clue about what they're doing. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 16 and 4, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes. Now, that's a powerful proverb that you need to remember when you're wondering about your existence. He made everything for his purpose. Everything that you see. Right now, I'm in this plant thing, man, and I'm just amazed how many different plants loads off us. I saw pictures of plants today, and they're very colorful, different names. Plants look like insects. Some of them look like insects. Some of them look like birds. Some, some of them look like per, a person's body parts. 
It's just amazing to me that God would be that colorful in making plans. And he did it for a purpose. We take those flowers, crush them, add woods, add notes, and take dominion over it and make perfume. It's for a purpose. The oil that you want on your head came from a crushing for a purpose. I'm sure the olive would say, why are you doing me this way? But you were made for my oil. And God has made things all beautiful in his time. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 1 and 4, it's on the screen, write it down. Even before he made the world, God loved us. Even before he made the world. Now, I said that he shaped us while in our mother's womb. But the scripture says before he made the world, he thought about you. He knew your name. He knew where you were going. He knew what century you would be born in. He knew where your pedigree was going to start. He knew what state you would be born in and the hospital you were coming out of. And all of the children that were born the same year at the same time. Before he made the world, Paul said, he loved us and chose us. In Christ to be holy and without fault. So in, even in this, I'm looking at his purpose. Before he made the world, he already said that one's going to be in Christ. And 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 I'm going to prepare a place for them. They're not going to fit in the world because I chose them for something special. Before you met your friends, before you got hooked up in drugs, before you did what you did, before you left your mother's house, he determined that you wouldn't make it out there. That's why you'll never fit. I don't care who you dance with. I don't care who you flow with. Something is always going to happen along the way to get you and shake you back until you get to what God wants you to be. You were made for his glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And that's what you need to say. I was made for God's glory. They may not have seen me standing on the side. I don't have the makeup that the rest of the basketball players had. But what I do have is a unique uh, set of skills. <laughs> I have a unique set of skills. Believe me, and they work. And you need to know that God created you for a purpose. Even before he made the world, he had you on his mind. That's a good passage for you. Ephesians 1 and 4. When people seem to be straying away from God, you didn't take them to Ephesians. Before, listen, what are you talking about? Why are you in my womb? God was working on you. Some of the worst thing you can do is just give somebody a nice shape and make them fine. They just start looking in the mirror. God didn't, you didn't make yourself. You'll never see a cup. Shake it down. Look at me. You never see a cup. You never see a vessel. You never see a car wiping itself. Look at me. Yeah, look at me. Lifting up the hood every time somebody come by. Lifting up the hood. Look at me. The car doesn't do that. It was made by somebody else for that person's purpose. So why are you looking at your looks like you made yourself? If you are a model, I mean God made you because he wanted you to be attracted naturally. So when you speak, you don't have to go through a lot of changes when you're talking about him. The rest of us got to dig deeper. You should be the greatest evangelist if you look that fine. Man looks on the outer appearance. And if you want God, if God wants to be seen, he'll sometimes make you beautiful on the outside. 
Because man look on the outer appearance. Confess with me, God made me to fulfill his own purpose in my life. You can say it with me on the internet. God made me to fulfill his own purpose in my life. Once you understand that, life will make sense for you. God made me. I don't have to understand why. Every detail. Why? Why? Why did I get this? Why did I have a bad report? Why? He made me for his own purpose to be fulfilled in my life. That's the question of existence. God made me for his own purpose. Here's the second question. It's the question of significance. Psalm 149 and 4. Now this is right out of the heart of the writer. But my work seems so useless. Psalm 49 verse 4. Yes. Go ahead, put it on the screen. But my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to do no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hands. I will trust God for my reward. Look at the heart of this person. My work seems so useless. I have sent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. And sometimes we feel like that. Wow. It's just not paying off. I've been doing it. But it's not paying off. And the scripture has a word for you. God has a word for you right in his word. I spent my strength. I've been doing it over and over again. Nobody seems to notice. And there's no change. I sent my strength for nothing. And to no purpose. Yet. He does have this mindset. I leave it all in the Lord's hands. I'm glad that this person, while wandering in perplexity, the land of perplexity, he says, I will leave all of my troubles, even my lack of knowing purpose in the Lord's hands. I will trust God for my reward. And that's why God is saying, I am your creator. You were in my care before you were born. So bring it back to me. Bring all of the pieces of your broken heart and your broken dreams and lay them right there. Put them in my hands because I started this and I can fix you real quick. Isaiah 44 and 2, write it down. It's on the screen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb and who will help you. This is what he's saying. If I formed you in the womb, I'm not going to allow. If you being evil know how to take care of kids right after they're being born, how much God who formed you in the womb? He will help you to stand, help you to walk, stand, and run. You're not an accident. Let me say it three times. You're not an accident. Let me say it one more time. You're not an accident. There's been some accidental parents, but you are no accident. There's no accidental births. Let me say it again. You're not an accident. There's been some accidental parents, but there are no accidental births. Oops. 
oops, oops, but no accidental births. There's been some illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. None. Everyone God formed. Everyone God's hand is on that came from mother's womb, including you. It doesn't matter who liked you, who didn't pick you. If you never went to the prom, don't worry about it. You're not an illegitimate person. There are some illegitimate parents now, but not illegitimate children. Let me help you. There's some unplanned pregnancies. But there are no unplanned. There are no unpurposed births or unpurposed people in life. Some unplanned pregnancies. Oops, there it is. But no unpurposed people. God wanted you in his world. He created the Eden for you. That's why you're here. He wanted you in this earth. That's why he created you. He wanted you to be alive. That's why you're here. He wanted you to be in the earth doing something in the world because that's why he made you. That's why you're here. You're not an accident. You're not an accident. I was born on the 10th of July, I just celebrated my birthday. And my mother told me when I became a man, she said, on the day that you were born, we thought you would be in 11th, uh, you would be born on the 11th. It was a Friday night, and it was around 11.30, 11.40 at night. And the doctor came in, and he, cha he checked me, and he said, Agnes, you're at uh, 3 centimeters. And any lady would tell you, you need to be at 10 centimeters before, we, before the doctors start trying to get you to push. The cervix needs to be at 10 centimeters, not at three. And he said, look like we're going to have a baby in the morning, Agnes. She said, okay, whatever his name is, Uncle Flynn or Dr. Flynn or whatever his name was, I don't remember what she told me, but she said she saw him walking out of the room, looked over at him and saw his back going around the corner of the room to go down the hallway. And she said suddenly she had a sharp pain, but it was so harsh and sharp, it shook her and made her screech. Like really, like she was pushing. And here I just plopped out, just like this here. She said, I came out with so much force that I rolled to the edge of the bed. She was trying to sit up and grab the umbilical cord because I rolled to the edge of the bed and stopped. Now, I said, why didn't you tell me that? Because I've always felt unusual. Why didn't you tell me that when I was a kid? She says, I don't know. And started crying. Because that makes sense to me. I've always been on the edge. Always been on the edge. And would ask myself, why did you create me? Why did you let me go through this? Why did I have to deal with that? Why am I carrying this burden? Why am I helping people that's on the edge? How do, why did you make me to have to talk people out of suicide? I'm the one talking to people that said I'm going to kill myself. And you let me show up and I spend all night until the sun rises to get them to back out of it. Why would you make me thus? Well, when you start looking at birth, you start realizing it was him that pushed me out. He wanted me to be a 10th baby, not an 11th baby. He wanted me to be born on the 10th on a Friday night, not the 11th. He, because he had me in the scripture. In the seventh month and on the tenth day, in the fiftieth year. Good God from Zion. 
You don't even know that God has marked you. He set you up for this time. But I was reading. Miss Warner took me. Look at what I found in the scripture. In the book of Leviticus. It says in the seventh month. On the tenth day of the month. In the fiftieth year. I'm turning fifty that year. I said my God. She said look at what it says. <laughs> if I was born on the eleventh. I would have missed that. But I was born on the 10th in the seventh month because he wanted me to get that word. Good God from Zion. He separated the hours because he wanted me to get that word. Woo. He didn't allow me to associate with other people because he set me for something else. And I felt alone many days. But he taught me how to handle that. I made you unique. And if you're unique, if you, uh, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Uh, uh, you can't be sewn together with common thread if you're cut from a different cloth. You're not going to find me in every cloth store. You're not going to find my thread everywhere because I'm uncommon. That's how he made me. And if you're uncommon, you're not going to get picked for every party. Hallelujah. Learn to deal with that. And that's just the way it is like Forrest Gump. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Psalm 139. Glory to God. And 16. One of my favorite Psalms is right there in the book. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day it passed. Look at the revelation that David got. You saw me before I was born. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You're not alone. Lord, you may feel like it, but I got a word for you. God is wrapping, God is wrapping you up with some dignity and significance. He's wrapping you up real tight. Glory to God. And sometimes we can be looking for a word that's going to deal with us. If you get the purpose message, you don't need a little prophecy all of the time because purpose cures you from needing purpose. You don't need prophecy as much when you know purpose. Psalm 33 and 11. Ah. New Living Translation. But the Lord's plan stand firm. Forever. His purposes stand firm. Forever. His ways stand firm. Forever. His intentions can never be shaken. So why are you going to try to shake the process? Or the content of your life. You can't change it. It is what it is. And if I was writing the Bible. That's what I would have it right there. His intentions can never be shaken. Because it is what it is. Here's another confession. Say it with me. My life is preparation for eternity. God if you 
are looking for your life to be fulfilled here on earth, and that's all you're looking for, you're missing the real purpose. You are being prepared to live forever. You are being prepared for the next life. You only got 70 here, but the next one is eternity. And I want to make sure in the next one, I'm standing right in line with Jesus. For instance, I want you to think about how good God is. Uh, for every person, there's a planet or a star that has ever been born. Now, if you could walk across the sun and had a whole, had a whole solar system with your name on it, that's a whole lot than just a house on a hill, right? I want you to think about it. I want you to think about standing on the seashore and you're looking down at the sand. It didn't go a mile high in the air. And look down at the same place where your feet are there. You're going to see bigger than just your feet and this little plot of land by the seashore. Now, a mile high in the sky, you can see the, you can see, uh, the, the, the creatures in the water and you can also see the land. You may be able to see all across the state of Florida, central Florida. You go 30 miles in the sky. Now we got a whole different viewpoint. You can see all of the United States and Canada and you can see South America. You go 50,000 miles in the air and you're looking at some stuff that you never could believe. And this is what purpose is all about. Many of us are tied to only what we can see. And your word is a lamp under my feet and a light to my path. But you also hold the world in your hand. And purpose helps you to start seeing beyond the shores of this life into a whole nother world. Because it's tied. My purpose is tied to where I'm going. He's preparing me for eternity. Now, if I gave you an option. If I gave you an option and say, if you, if I was Abraham Lincoln and said, you help me to free these slaves, you that's coming over from the waters. Once we defeat the South and bring the Union back together, I'm going to give you a plot of land. You say, okay, how much land? How about the whole state of Ohio? You think you'll get with Lincoln then? What about the whole state of Florida and all of its property and what it produced in cane, in oranges? Oh, my God. Lift up your eyes. You're being prepared for eternity, and it's a lot bigger than what you see today. Here's the last segment. <coughs> the question of intention. The question of intention. We dealt with the question of existence. And then the question of significance. Lastly, the question of intention. What was God's intent? Psalm 89, 47. Remember how short my life is. How empty and futile this existence, this human existence. Now this person writing the psalm. It's going through some hard trials. Remember how short my life is. But this is what catches me. How empty my life is and futile this human existence. 
The ninth chapter of Proverbs, verse 10, reads like this. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. In other words, if you ever want to find out anything about purpose, it starts with a knowledge of God, the fear of the Lord. Here's the application. The only way to know your purpose is to ask the creator, ask your God about it. My life is empty, futile, this human existence, but the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge. And we're not talking about academia, knowledge beyond human recollection. Purpose is tied to knowing who the Lord is. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. The more you know about God, the more you'll know about your purpose. I'm watering some plants, and he's letting me know some people I need to water. I'm watering plants, he's starting to speak to me. You didn't put enough water on that one. Good God from Zion. You transported them. You took them from a safe place and you put them here and you didn't add water. What about children? Get over there and shut up. Really? Did you add any water? Did you add water? All of you religious folk that just like to quote scripture, did you add any water? One plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. He's going to give the increase if we'll do our job. You want him to do everything. I'm done. I'm done. I hold, I'm done. I'm tired. I hear that. I'm tired. What do you mean? Did you add water? The only way to know your purpose is to ask God. Knowing God results in a deeper understanding of your world and who you are just by knowing God. He let me know something about my own style as I'm watering plants. How do you get that? How do you get that out of watering a pot? How do you get that you need to water some people? How do you tie the two together? I'm just making my yard beautiful. I just want to see something sprout up in here. And he's talking to me about my style. If you transport anybody, if you uproot them and move them over, you have to spend a little bit more time in the sprinkling. That's why desire not to be a teacher because you're held at a greater, a greater, greater responsibility. That's James chapter 3. You want to grab a microphone? Well, you better know how to stick to it. Because he's going to judge us by how we water other people. Life is not about you or me. Life is all about God. And his design, God, and his purpose, God, and his will. I close with this last passage. I'll read it in your hearing, Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, 
we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to entrust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves. And when you believed in Jesus, in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he prophesied long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Hallelujah. He already made a choice in advance. I started off by telling you I had my heart broke because I wanted to play basketball. I never would get picked first. But he chose me. He chose me. He brought significance to my life. So much so that the former basketball players call me for advice now. And graciously, I give them advice. He has made me a papa. A papa to many, and I'm grateful. It's his purpose. I put my arms around my father and he said something to me. He started crying. He said, this is the first time I've ever felt like a son. I said, what did you say? My father never hugged me. I said, but I am your son. And I'm telling you, this is the first time I felt like one. Only God can purpose that. To take a son and give him such an embrace that his father would find comfort as a son. Only God can do that. You show me a greater miracle. You're looking for big, big cars. That's a miracle? A miracle is money? There are people who don't know Jesus that's making money. Bezos made 13 billion on Monday in a pandemic. One man who owns Amazon made himself 13 billion. That's 13,000 millions. Not 13 millions, 13,000 millions. In one day. He went through a divorce. He's got trouble. He's got issues. Money don't make nothing. And Paul said when we pass through this life, we can't squeeze it with us. Purpose will help you to see beyond that. I may not have 13 billion, but God, can you give me one? <laughs> I do something with that one. I can dribble with that. Whatever you have for me, I'm open to it. Amen. How many of you would say that with me? Whatever you have for me, God, I'm open. Right? He may have one billion for me. 
<laughs> if not here, maybe over there. Here's a prayer of purpose. Father, I give you praise. Uh, we sometimes struggle with our existence and our significance and even your intention. And many of us struggle, Lord God, uh, for our purpose. Why am I here? I pray that as I teach on this, we will gain, gain a greater significance. Right out of the word. Right out of the word, Father. No fluff, no buff, no additives, no preservatives. Just right out of the word on purpose. And if David searched for his but found himself going back to you. And if Isaiah searched for his and found himself going back to you. And if Jeremiah searched for his and found himself going back to the creator, help us in search of significance and purpose and intention. Go back to you to find it. Father, I pray that my message does not drive, that it would draw. And I pray that your spirit will create the kind of climate that when the word is sown, it yields 100 fold. Father, I give you praise for all that you do, and I thank you for all that you are. Holy Spirit, speak specifically to that man that really needs some encouragement in his soul. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would touch that woman that really, really is searching for significance. She feels like she doesn't fit in or belong, even in her family. I pray that you would minister to that. I pray that you would touch that girl that has lost her identity. I pray that you would touch her tonight. I decree and declare that the prodigal is coming. It's coming home. Father, that significant message let us not be reduced to moments of pleasure. Break every yoke, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Where the flowers, God, the withered ones. Help your people to learn how to plant and water so you can give the increase. Tonight I sprinkle from my little jar, Father. This water of significance over those who would hear the voice. And I thank you for the greenery. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. As the sun rises in the morning. Let joy rise with it. Hallelujah. I give you praise that joy is coming in the morning. In Jesus name. Amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.